Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. There is so much going on, not just in the United States, but all around the world. Mm -hmm. And you tune in to see what's happening today. Of course, we're following this stuff through a bunch of different news sources. But I'm thinking about the, you know, average adult woman, you know, at least by numbers. They're checking in some legacy news to Mm -hmm. see what's going on. Yeah, yeah. And depending on what your source is, what would be like the number one story out there? Um, For Good Morning America, it's the banks. It's still that whole situation. Good morning, America. The major deal to halt the banking crisis. Yeah, you heard about it. Overnight lifeline. The Federal Reserve and central banks around the world taking new action to boost confidence in the global banking system. After the Swiss government orchestrated a deal for banking giant UBS to buy and battle rival Credit Suisse. Plus, the new questions about the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, there's all of this going on, and then you're left with, okay, what does this mean for me? Mm-hmm. And we'll get into it a little bit later on, but talking about centralized banks Mm-mm. and everything digital. Nope. And the United States testing it out. Mm-mm. Yeah. Did they bail out Credit Suisse? <laughs> hey, that's uncalled for, man. I'm just asking. Well, I think two Swiss banks did. Yeah. Okay. That's what I yeah. thought. Yeah, that's... That's I mean, what happened. I mean, the situation that we find ourselves in right now is that the big banks are getting a whole lot bigger because they're going to be, you know, quote, they're not just handing checks to uh, regional or smaller banking operations just for the out of the goodness of their hearts. They're doing it for controlling interests. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, they're going to become more powerful. Yeah. But the thing is, if they don't do it, what happens? Yeah. That money gone. Well, it's gone. It's not coming back. No. Well, and then you look at okay, how did this happen? And then you read the stories of how it happened. Yeah. And I mean, you can say, well, it's not all this woke nonsense, but there's definitely a big piece of it. Mm-hmm. You had a lot of people that didn't know banking put in charge of equity yeah. and inclusion, and you're worried about all these different things instead of banking. Well, one of the hot shots at Credit Suisse was a dude who sometimes woke up feeling like a woman and strolled into the office. <laughs> what the no. hell? And that was David. the most important thing in that person's life. Yeah. He said he sashayed. That's true. Yeah. Yes. Put on a nice dress. Put on a shade of lipstick, and then it was a floral boom. print. Yeah. yeah. Very, very nice. So we'll get to more of that later. But for NBC and the Today Show, the big story was the Trump indictment. Yeah. And possible arrest. So you saw this all weekend. I know yeah. you were following it, David. When you first heard, what was your reaction? Uh, well, actually, we were on the air when the story was initially breaking uh, on Friday afternoon. Remember, NBC News came out and said, hey, our sources are telling us that Donald Trump, or I'm sorry, that several agencies, local, state, and federal, were preparing for a possible Trump indictment in Manhattan. The DA there, Alvin Bragg, this nut job. Uh, is still going after Donald Trump for the payment to Stormy Daniels from 2016. 
Totally yep. weak sauce. Everybody knows it. This is a political hit job, no matter what, designed to get the reaction that it's getting right now. And it's only going to ramp up even more. And so then yep. over the weekend, uh, Trump on his social media platform, Truth Social, uh, blasts out a bunch of truths saying that, oh, it's um, uh, that he's going to be arrested or he's hearing that he's going to be arrested on Tuesday calling for people to show up and protest and all of this. And again, I mean, to me, the obvious thing is anybody telling you like online or something, hey, you got to show up in New York and protest this, that's a fed. I mean, that's what they want something to go haywire in Manhattan. They Did want you see Marjorie Taylor Greene go out there and say, yeah, don't protest? Oh, yeah, don't don't let it let it work itself out in 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 this uh in this particular jurisdiction that's all you really can do you know showing up to protest showing up and doing something stupid is only going to make the left even more authoritarian than it already is but trump is saying you should do it yeah initially yeah man that's not a good idea no, I don't. I don't think it's a good idea. What What a good idea is is to, uh, you know, if you live in an area that isn't controlled by a Soros DA, if you live in an area where you know rule of law really matters, then start pushing these people to start going after Democrats for every minor impropriety, anything dealing with campaign finance. Start prosecuting. The left wants to play this game. Let's play it. Yeah, it's got to work both sides. I mean, dude, to me, most people see what this is. Mm-hmm. And it's as long as we can keep the Stormy Daniels embarrassment out there, we're going to just keep on doing it. Yeah. And, you know, all I could think about is as I was watching this unfold and the different legacy media outlets covering this, I'm thinking, you know what just happened the other day with Joe Biden <laughs> and his family? Mm-hmm. What was found? Yeah. These receipts, payments from the Chinese energy company controlled by the Chinese communist government, and you can follow the steps to where it ended up with not just Hunter Biden, James Biden, Biden's daughter, uh, Biden's son's widow. Nobody in legacy media is wondering about this at all for a sitting president. That's crazy. I mean, we all get used to it because we know that legacy media will just ignore stories that they don't want to cover. But when you take a step back and look at it, that's the sitting president. Well, and the a sitting, conflict of interest with the, several countries. The sitting president has denied this a thousand times. Yeah. On the record. Yes. Over and over and over and over again. I mean, and that's a huge story. And it's going to get bigger because they have certainly more financial forms that they can sort of follow the money, which is what you should do. It's... It's wild to me. So only, if only Stormy Daniels could have got a slice of that pie, huh? <laughs> then we'd have a story. Right. Um, we'll get to more on that a little bit later as well. Um, you have a story about Ron DeSantis, David. Yeah, so the governor of Florida was asked about the rumor that Trump is going to be indicted by the Manhattan District Attorney. I know a lot of Trump surrogates were out there over the weekend. Some of them were making this bizarre claim that somehow Ron DeSantis was involved in the Manhattan DA's rumored decision to charge Donald Trump with a crime. It makes no sense. But, you know, there are a lot of people demanding, oh, you know, DeSantis needs to go out and make this statement or else he's a part of the deep state, yada, yada, yada. And so today, 
He was asked about it, and Ron DeSantis uh, made the following statement. Okay. So I've seen rumors swirl. I have not seen any facts uh, yet, and so I don't know what's going to happen. But I do know this. The, the Manhattan district attorney is a Soros-funded prosecutor. And so he, like other Soros-funded prosecutors, they weaponize their office to impose a political agenda on society at the expense of the rule of law and public safety. You're talking about this situation with, and look, I don't know what goes into paying hush money to a porn star to to secure silence over some type of alleged affair. I just I can't speak to that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that was a not so subtle dig, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what I can speak to is that if you have a prosecutor who is ignoring crimes happening every single day in his jurisdiction, yeah. the real victims are ordinary New Yorkers, ordinary Americans in all these different jurisdictions, that they get victimized every day because of the reckless political agenda that these Soros DAs bring to their job. Man, how many times do we talk about that? Yep. People know it. Soros district attorneys are a menace to society. Yep. And I'm just glad that I'm the only governor in the country that's actually removed one from office. And that's true. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Whether you like Ron DeSantis or not, you got to say that was pretty well played. Mm-hmm. Well, they were complaining he didn't say anything, and then he did say something, and then they're complaining about what he said. Who's complaining? The Trump team. Okay. Well, that's the biggest threat to the Trump team, yeah. is DeSantis. I mean, it's not even close. I mean, it's certainly not Nikki Haley. Nothing against Nikki Haley. She doesn't have a chance. That's a great line, though. I don't know what it's like to, to pay hush money to a porn star. <laughs> I can't speak to that. I can't that. speak to that. <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't know what that's like. Wow. Um, and Fauci got clowned, you're saying, David. Yeah, this is now making the rounds, and I guess I missed this, but it was back in March of 2021. Anthony Fauci and the mayor of Washington, D.C., Muriel Bowser, went out to a predominantly black neighborhood to convince people to get the COVID vaccine. And there are two <laughs> clips here. That I think are brilliant, because part of it, Anthony Fauci is talking on the camera, well, you got to understand that there's a lot of Republicans who don't like to be told what to do out there. I don't see a lot of MAGA bros in this particular neighborhood. I don't know how they voted or or whatever, but it is D.C., so I assume the vast majority of the people there did not vote for Donald Trump, have never voted for a Republican. But anyway... Uh, this thing aged incredibly well. This dude who's saying, I'm not getting this vaccine. <laughs> okay, roll it. People in America are not settled with the information that's been given to us right now. So I'm not going to be lining up taking a shot on a vaccination for something that wasn't clear in the first place. And then you all create a shot in miraculous time. It takes years to... But create Well, it, it used to take years. Okay, it used to. You know how you know how many years were invested in this in this approach? Hold on a second. Do you remember at the beginning how long Fauci said it was going to be taking? Oh yeah, yeah. It was like, like two years or something, right? It was yeah, like eighteen yeah, two to, to thirty-six years. months. Yeah. yeah. And all of a sudden, he changes the story. Of course, he did. About twenty years of science to get us to be able to do it. Not enough. 
and nine months is definitely not no. enough for nobody to be taking no vaccination that you all came up with. You gonna pass. Yeah, definitely. Because right. when, when you start talking about paying people to get vaccinated, when you start talking about incentivizing things to get people vaccinated, there's something else going on with that. It's about inciting fear in people. You all attack people with fear. That's what this pandemic is. It's a fear. It's fear, this pandemic. That's all it is. <laughs> it sounds like legacy media silenced a strong black man. They did. Yeah. Because that did age well. Good for him. <laughs> You're amazing. How long is how long has this been out there or not out there? Who was holding on to this? Well, PBS actually did run it. It just wasn't something Man, I never heard that it before, made the rounds, ever. I guess. I, I you know what? It. We listen to all these different media outlets. I don't think any of us are on the PBS beat. No. That's true. All right, who wants let's straws it's you, Robinson. Congratulations. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. So David and okay. I have the others. Come I, on. I mean, you'll learn a lot about lesbian Peruvian pan flautists. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> so there's one more clip I want to play. I was yeah, thinking let's... about that just the other day. What do I know about the pan flautists? <laughs> what do I know? Nothing. Well, you know what? You could make the argument thinking about your whole musical library, it would fit in nicely. It would be an odd thing for David or I, but I think you should lean into this a little bit. I knew and we got another clip somehow. of this that yeah, we got to right. hear from this dude. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Scott. It's early. Yeah, you already started. That's all right. It's okay, man. It's going to be that kind of week. You do like air supply. We'll get to that clip. And also, one of USA Today's Women of the Year is a dude? Yeah. Golly. Straight ahead right here. Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Martin, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins, thank you for being here. <laughs> okay, David just had a clip of this guy telling Fauci, I don't trust your vaccine. This is a few years old. And there was another clip that you had, David. Do you want to set this up? Uh, yeah. Uh, so this is one lady who was much less confrontational about it than the previous gentleman, but was still skeptical that the vaccine would stop her from getting COVID. And this is amazing, especially in light of everything that has been irrefutably confirmed over the last two years. This is when Fauci and the mayor of D.C. went to a predominantly black neighborhood to convince people to get the vaccine. Okay. We got to get you vaccinated so that if you were to get infected, you could pass it on to them. So you're actually protecting your family by getting him vaccinated. Well, I heard that it doesn't um, cure it and it doesn't um, stop you from getting it. No. So on the very, very, very rare chance that you do get it, even if you're vaccinated, it's a very you don't even feel sick. It's like you don't even know you got infected. Oh, do you? Well, do you all three of us uh, got the vaccine? Uh, I believe Jamie and Scott, both of y'all got the boosters, right? Yep. Was the first round of those in December of that year? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I got one of them, yeah. Then Scott got COVID. Two weeks later. I got COVID. Jamie got COVID. Did y'all know that you were sick when you got COVID? Yep. Sure did. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Mm -hmm. it, it laid me out for a day or two. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm sure if I would have called Fauci, he would have said, yeah, but if you, you got the uh, text from uh, the health department saying you needed the other booster <laughs> in June. It, 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 the, the safety was only for a few months. I know I didn't say that in the beginning. No, you didn't. Yeah. No, I remember after that saying, yeah, I'm done. And at the time, that was controversial. You know, to, yeah. whether it was family, friends, or whatever. Are you, are, you're not getting any more boot? No, not. Done. Yeah. You know, the biggest thing was I didn't want Robbins to die, and I didn't want my dad to die. That was it. Because you still didn't know. Well, at the time, I mean, you know, I had a heart attack, and so... Yeah, you and, were at risk. And my mom's in her 80s. I mean, you know, yeah. so, yeah, I did it. But, yeah, and then, I, if you had it all to do later, over I again... had COVID! If you had it all to do over again... Yeah. Do it a lot different. No doubt about that. Difference is, I don't think we ever demonized anyone that didn't want to get the vaccine. No. Oh, goodness. Okay, moving on. One of USA Today's Women of the Year is a dude. I yeah. guess this shouldn't even be surprising anymore. Here we anymore. go again. Yeah, no. Well, th- this is a, a, a program that USA Today launched last year. Uh, okay. To It's a continuation of their Women of the Century, which commemorated the 100th anniversary of women getting the right to vote. And so they have uh, honored now as one of the Women of the Year a dude who goes by the name of uh, Lee Fink. Grew up in the western suburbs of Minneapolis. uh, Says that this person was always interested in politics, but never planned to be a political candidate. But in November, after the first bid for public office, uh, he became the first transgender legislator appointed to the House of Representatives in Minnesota. Hmm. And go ahead and give them uh, the award. Yeah. All right. Yep. More and more women are getting totally infuriated by this. Have you noticed? And they should be. I don't blame them, dude. No, not at all. You're, it's you're, like, celebrate women. You're erasing They're, women. Yes. I know. It's crazy. It's a man, baby. I know. I know. Speaking of women, did you see a little controversy with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Courtney Love's saying, hey, you know what? Only 8% of inductees are women. There are a lot that haven't been in there yet, like Kate Bush. Does Kate Bush deserve it? Anyway. She's going on and on, and the people that vote, there's not enough women. There's not enough women on the board. She was pitching a fit, okay? Chrissy Hine of the Pretenders said, you know what? Um, the whole thing is total bollocks. Um, you want, somebody wants to take my place, you can take it, because it has absolutely nothing to do with rock and roll, and anyone who thinks it is is a fool. Bunch of wanks. <laughs> I like her. Tiffany's been getting hosed for years now. <laughs> News update next. Van Camp and Robert Show. I'm Jamie Markley, Jen Exer, David Van Camp, the Millennial, and the sexy boomer Scott Roberts. Okay, so a lot of talk about Trump, this Stormy Daniels thing. You listen to legal experts, there's nothing there. This is about embarrassment more than anything else. Yeah. And here we go. It goes on and on and on. Mm-hmm. 
And Michael Cohen is whining? Yeah, so Donald Trump says he's hearing he'll be indicted tomorrow by the Manhattan DA. And a lot of Republicans are mad about it because there's no reason to do this other than to get some short-term political win. Liberals are terrible at answering the question, and then what? Like, what, what exactly do you expect to happen here? But I have a theory on that, but we'll get to that after the story. So anyway, uh, it has to do with the so-called hush money payments paid out to keep Stormy Daniels uh, from sharing her story coming out ahead of the 2016 election. Trump's old attorney, Michael Cohen, actually went to prison for facilitating that, along with good old-fashioned tax fraud. On MSNBC, he was mad that no one was outraged by him going to prison. Oh, boy. This fake outrage that's going on right now by Republicans. Oh, my God, they're going after Donald Trump for this ticky-tack type of violation. First of all, the laws apply to everyone. But at the end of the day, you start to hear all of this fake outrage by Republicans. Where was the outrage when they were doing it to me? Well, they were silent. And so now that they're freaking out because it's... They was getting irritated. No. Yep. Now, listen here, scumbag. Uh, No, a lot of us actually pointed out how ridiculous it was that these liberals were going after you, even though you're a buffoon and a fool and a sellout. A lot of us were publicly outraged at how aggressively they were going after you to eventually get to Donald Trump. So, Krampus, the other thing is you're not important enough to remember. (laughs) That's pretty true. Their supreme leader that looks like he's going to have some serious issues. Well, you know, they're supposed to be more concerned with America and with democracy than they are about their jobs and that they are about their party. Okay. Um, Why do you really think this is happening, David? Oh, I, I think there are two things maybe at play here. I think, one, Alvin Bragg is is a failure at his actual job, which is to try to keep criminals off the streets in Manhattan. Uh, and he sucks at his job. But he is a political animal, and so he's going mm-hmm. to go after Donald Trump because a lot of these people have run campaigns literally on trying to imprison a political figure they don't like. So I think there is selfish political interests at play here. And then I think he's getting the backing of a lot of other Democrats at the national level because they want to make a circus out of this. They want it to happen for two reasons. One, because they think it weakens Trump for any potential general election. And the other thing is they think it strengthens him in uh, the case of a presidential primary. Yeah. You know, I've heard this a number of different times, and I think there's something to it. And one of my buddies who is one of the biggest Trump backers I know um, actually said to me, you know, Democrats, no, they're in trouble against DeSantis. They can beat Trump. Yeah. By going forth with all of this, it strengthens Trump. There's no doubt about it. And I think it was even Elon Musk that said if he gets indicted, he's going to win. Yeah, he did say that. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I think there's really something to that. Because every time the left does this, it does strengthen Trump. Mm-hmm. I can remember different points in time, um, even during the last campaign, if you would hear the left freak out about something, and I remember saying, it makes me want to go buy five Trump shirts. Yeah. <laughs> it's so infuriating. And it's really never stopped. So we'll see what happens.
Somebody just sent us a text this morning. Yeah. That said, uh, if they're going to have riots in New York, they should get Ray Epps to organize it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Part of the coverage this morning on NBC was that they're they're preparing for what might go down. Oh, I know. I saw that. Yeah. Barricades are up and heightened tensions. <laughs> they want it to happen. Of course they, they do. They want it to happen. Yes. They want another they, Jan they, 6, they anything that resembles it. it. It's the junkie going through withdrawal. We haven't had one for a while. <laughs> we need it. We want it. Because they can use it. Yep. Of course. All right. It's that time of the show. We're always looking at everything going on out there, and this might not be the biggest story you saw today, but it caught your attention. David, what's your story today? Oh, I love this story. A guy in Georgia tried to rob a gas station at gunpoint. Didn't go well. He forgot he was in Georgia uh, because, <laughs> well, it turns out three people also at the gas station were packing heat. <laughs> so this yeah. guy pulls Oops. out a gun. Another guy pulls out a gun, holds him at gunpoint. Another customer shows up with his piece drawn and helps restrain him while the cops uh, are arriving. Another dude who was outside at the pumps sees the commotion whips out his piece goes in and helps secure the suspect nobody ever fired a shot which is great news but the only reason this guy was shot or i'm sorry was stopped is because uh well there were three dudes in georgia who were also packing at the same time uh i love these types of stories especially when it turns out nobody gets hurt or killed Yes. Like, hey, look, the threat of violence can be just as useful as violence itself. And when the good guys are on, on the right side of that gun, bad things uh, can certainly be stopped from happening. One little detail about this guy, though. Yeah. The guy had women's panties on his head as a mask. Well, who hasn't? <laughs> Which means he'll soon be getting a job in the Biden administration, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> Well, and there probably weren't his. They were probably stolen, which moves you up in line, too. It was about equity. Stealing women's clothing and equity? Yes, absolutely. Didn't have it. Well, yeah. David, I mean, it's amazing to me still, and we've talked about it on the show before, different people um, in your circle that were, for lack of better terminology, anti-gun mm -hmm. and are now wanted to be trained. Yeah. Well... Yeah, and, and there is somebody I know who lives in Austin who uh, lives out in the suburbs, uh, generally pretty quiet. But as the rot of that liberal-run city starts to extend outward, there are homeless encampments popping up. And then some houses kept getting broken into. Someone got uh, assaulted in their own home. And so it's like, okay, yeah, fine. I think guns are yucky, but I want to learn how to defend myself if some crazy meth freak breaks into my house. Right. Which I agree. Do it. Yes, you should. It's a good thing. Yeah. All right, Scott, what's your story today? Uh, Governor Katie Hobbs in Arizona signed an executive order banning racial discrimination based on a person's hair in Arizona. Before officially signing the order Friday afternoon, Hobbs said the order will mean state employees and contractors will never have to worry about losing work for simply wearing their natural hair. Was that, a, was that a problem? I had no idea. I'm reading this, too. I'm like, what does that mean, natural hair? What does that mean? What does that mean? I don't well, know. A lot of times it, there's this theory that people get passed over for job opportunities because they have dreadlocks or braids or something like that or an afro. or So it's about hair equity. Okay. Okay. 
She says so this, they can't discriminate like my old trailer looking yeah. do. Yeah. Just long, ace freely looking hair. Right. Nope. All right. Or yeah. Joey Mullet or whoever. Yeah. Cool. It doesn't matter anymore, right? Awesome. But I just like the way they say natural hair. Who decides what's natural and what isn't? Well, what do you mean? What wouldn't be natural? Longer hair, maybe? You mean like if... Bushier hair? I don't know, man. Okay, we've established before during your youth or young manhood, you had a perm because you wanted some curl in That was hair. unnatural. So that would be unnatural. You couldn't go by with well, that. In Arizona, is that I, what it is? I couldn't, I guess, pour a basement if I had hair like that. All right, I think you <laughs> Up could. Up until Katie Hobbs saved the day for me. <laughs> I think you could. I think that's the... That's the point. So you know, I, I knew a kid in uh, in uh, uh, middle school who used to do like spiked horns on his head, like straight out, straight up, multiple horns on his head. It was sort of, oh, like late nineties, early two yeah, thousands. Yeah, he was a metal guy. Yeah, it was sort of a yeah. slipknot, uh, whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of deal. And uh, yeah, and so and so I guess this guy could actually now go work uh, for the state of Arizona, which looking like that, it's nice, yeah. I don't know, man. It just seems unnatural to me. It seems like it kills the whole thing. It seems like hey, a whatever. weird thing to worry about. Yeah. Um, my story today, uh, the cast of Ted Lasso is going to the White House. They're going to be... <laughs> it sounds like I'm making it up, man. They're going to be discussing the importance of mental health with President Biden and First Lady Jill Biden. Uh, doctor. That's Dr. First Jill Lady Biden. Doctor. Jill Biden. Dr. First Lady Doctor. Yes. Jill Biden. Okay. If you're unfamiliar with the show, you know, they've talked about mental health with Ted Lasso before. Um, And it's this universal theme of optimism and kindness, determination. They call it the Lasso philosophy. And that's fine if you want to talk about mental health. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just the fact that you're going to talk to Biden about mental health with all of the issues he's had over the past few years. He doesn't know where he is a good portion of the time. He gets his words all mixed up, as you've heard time and time again. And they try to say, what is it, David? It's that stutter that he's had since youth. It's that stutter that nobody noticed for his entire career. Right. Until Until he got senile. Yeah. And then they say, how dare you question his age? Hmm. He can do push-ups. All right. (laughs) With his mind. Right. That's how sharp it is. Forget how he talks or, or depression. whatever it is. You know, forgetting people. Tangy, well, you saw her. Yeah, yeah. Forget all of that. Okay. Brooklyn is governor and when he's pre-K. The pre-K. Good. Or if he just gives up. If it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to. Anyway. Anyway, talking mental health today with the crew of Ted Lasso. That's my story today. <laughs> it's just such a sad sound when he's just like, anyway, <laughs> it, it, I'm done. I'm out. He's done that before. He's done it since, too. I know. <laughs> he's just given up on sentences, yeah. It's always going to be my favorite, I think. I mean, there have been a few that have rivaled it. Raise know. the cost of precision jobs. I will <laughs> veto. That's, a, that's like a hit right precision now. Precision jobs? Yeah. <laughs> In the rotation, but it's it hasn't gotten the classic status yet, like giving up. And Number one for 12 weeks was true to dash, double depression. <laughs> it's always hard to beat that one. It is. No doubt. Um, okay, we need to talk about Louisiana Republicans. This is a very interesting story. Straight ahead right here.
Markley, Van Camp, and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. I saw this story from Daily Wire. Louisiana Republican lawmakers just did something for the first time in the state's 210-year history. Gained significant, the significant upper hand because a longtime Democrat switched parties. That is State Rep. Francis Thompson. Serves as a Democrat from the Northeast Louisiana, uh, or at least that part of the state, for decades, but he changed his party registration. So now the Republicans have the numbers in both chambers and, uh, what is it, muster a two-thirds supermajority to override vetoes from the Democratic governor. I saw that, I'm like, wow. 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 Why'd he change? I'm interested. Thompson's 81 years old. Jeez. Insisted nothing has changed with his values. Though he acknowledged having a conservative voting record, said the push the past several years by Democratic leadership on both the national and state level to support certain issues does not align with those values and principles that are part of my Christian life. Well, yeah. You know, you get to 81, most of your your uh, your uh, compass is already embedded in you. But yeah. Very rarely do you change your mind on anything at 81. Good for him. I would say after 50. I would agree with you on that, yeah. But, well, like a lot of Democrats, he didn't want to follow that path. And just, oh, you know what? I've changed my mind on that. Now I think it's great that guys that identify as girls can compete with the girls. (laughs) He's saying, no, this is nuts. This is crazy. So good for him. I think there might be a lot of... I always think about my dad. My dad's gone. He's been gone for a long time, but... I always think he was one of these guys, the Democrat. You know, he was absolutely stone-cold Democrat, right? Mm-hmm. Union guy, whole nine yards. But he was also a Christian. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how you would square this stuff now. I've often thought about that. Well, I think it's very difficult for people. Like, I don't, I don't think he'd be okay with that, you know? But I don't know if he'd say it or not. That's a whole other thing. I don't know. If he'd, he'd still look at the Democrat as the better choice, I don't know. Well, and then I think... Sometimes it depends on where you're getting your news. You may not even know how prominent it is. Yeah, that's is. true. There are a lot of these issues that legacy media just lies to people about, whether it's that, the abortion issue, different things like that. Yeah, but I suppose if Lawrence O'Donnell is your go-to, nothing's changed. Yeah. Now, well, Lawrence O'Donnell will get into those issues. If you're just a Today Show Good Morning America person, they don't get too controversial. You know, they just side everything to make it seem like we're just trying to love these kids. Mm. How dare you? They're going to kill themselves if we don't do this. You don't want that now, do you? Well, and you also know the latest ASAP Rocky song, so that's cool. Yeah, that's true. Got that going for you. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, Everything okay at home, David? I know uh, you got a little accident going on. It's always fun to get the play-by-play as it's happening during the show. Yeah, it's been it's been an adventure in potty training with my three year old. Yeah, it's been quite a quite an ordeal. She knows where she needs to go. She knows she's supposed to go there, and she can go there. Yes, a lot of times she will, mm-hmm. but sometimes she struggles with it. Uh, today, apparently, I got a message from my wife that she well crapped on the floor. Yeah. And you're thinking it's good to be in the studio with the fellas, you know, yeah. doing the show. Well, can I can I, I can tell you something from a couple of weeks ago? I took her to the park. 
Yeah. And she was wearing her big girl underwear and all that because it's like, yeah. yeah, man, we've been rocking, haven't had any accidents all day or in a couple of days. Hey, we're going. Let's go to the park. We go to the park. She gets in one of those big tube slides. And all of a sudden, I hear her from inside stop. And she goes, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. <laughs> and I didn't realize what was happening until I felt the drizzle of urine hitting my head. I was One under of the, the all-time slide. classics. Yeah. And so then she goes, pee-pee on the slide, pee-pee on the slide. I think, oh, no. Oh, no. I was like, come on, can you come out? Can you come out? No, no. She's crying. So then I go, it's one of those tube slides again. I go to the base of the tube slides, and I was like, do you want Daddy to, to help you out? Yeah. So I'm going like full-on Andy Dufresne, cr- crawling through human waste to go get my daughter out of this thing. <laughs> and I have to wrap her up in my shirt so my flabby ass is running up the hill, taking her home. And she's yelling, pee-pee in the slide the whole time. So to return the favor someday. Yeah. This is the Barkley Van Camp and Robert Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. The Markley Van Camp Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, a lot going on, especially with Donald Trump. Yeah. Is it a witch hunt? Well, of course it is. It never ends. Mm-hmm. Any legal experts saying there's nothing here except embarrassment? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. They're, they just want to go back to the well of the Stormy Daniels stuff and what, $130,000 in hush money payment. <gasps> oh, my goodness. And right. so the Manhattan DA apparently uh, is going to be indicting Donald Trump. And I, I, you know, again, right now, this is all based on like sources and then Trump himself coming out and saying that he expects that there will be, I guess, an indictment on Tuesday. Yep. I'm in trouble. Well, <laughs> not. I mean, that, no, that, not really. That's a thing. I, I think, you know, one of the one of the plays here is to uh, try to get somebody to do something really stupid. So that the Biden administration can then come in and say, these MAGA Republicans, oh, buddy. Yeah. Hey, oh, I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> that clip kills me every time. That's a good one. Oh, yeah, the other play may be to strengthen him for a Republican presidential uh, primary, because a lot of people are ticked off about this. Like, really, give it a rest. And then, you know, pump him up for the primary and... They think that they can beat him in 2024, so they want to make sure that he's the nominee. Well, I get the feeling, too, that if this wasn't the Stormy Daniels thing, they would find something else. Yeah. Well, they've tried. Remember, they tried to go after him for uh, taxes or something Mm -hmm. in Manhattan, and Alvin Bragg actually wound up dropping the case because prosecutors quit. They were like, yeah, we're we're not going to be able to nail him for anything. Yes. But, I mean, there is this part of embarrassment to it. Yeah. Oh, sure. And I suppose you could make the argument, because Trump has never admitted to anything, says nothing happened. Yeah, I think he didn't, He still says that. Yeah. Well, True Social wasn't long ago, he called her horse-faced. 
I mean, I'm not making that up. You yeah. look at me like, no, he, he no, said it. No, I know. I, I know he said it, yeah. Um, it says it didn't happen, whatever. And then I wonder, okay, if it did happen, if he would have admitted that a while back to say, okay, yeah, and there was hush money. Okay, not proud of it, but that doesn't mean, you know, fill in the blank. That they wouldn't come back. Yeah to this again because it's pretty apparent they want to embarrass him. Well, yeah. the hush money itself isn't illegal. It's where the money well, came from. That's the illegal part. Correct? Yeah, and, and does it does it campaign amount, does yeah. it amount to a bribe? That's yes. that's what really it comes down to. I mean, hush um, money itself is not illegal. And he he really wouldn't be uh, or shouldn't be uh, in a position where he would even admit that that any checks were cut at all, because the the crux of the whole thing is whether or not he had knowledge of this transaction. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, he can't acknowledge any part of the financial side of it um, whatsoever. Or else, he is actually legally liable for it. It may be a really stupid thing given his position. But uh, to me, the game plan moving forward is, look, if the Democrats are going to do this, uh, all right, Republican DAs and, and, and county prosecutors and whatnot, uh, y'all need to start prosecuting every little crime that every politician right. d- commits. I don't care how minuscule it is, you're going after them now. And not that it even matters. There have been so many details of so many stories over the last seven years, I can't even remember. Mm-hmm. Because there was all the things with Stormy Daniels, and I don't know if she had any proof or not. The only thing I remember that was the crazy detail, wasn't there a magazine that had him on the cover that she rolled up, and then did she spank him with it? That that was the allegation, yes. That was the allegation? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. And around the same time, there was the other woman that came forth that said she had an affair with Trump, and she thought she was going to marry him. Yeah, Karen McDougal, a former uh, Playboy Playmate. Yes. Who, I mean, listen, I know it may be crass to be doing some sort of ranking of women. It is. That being said, people do it all the time, and women do it with guys. She was a cut like four levels ahead yeah. of Stormy Daniels. Yeah. And, I mean, you could tell. I mean, I thought it was sincere. She was in love with the dude. For real. Not that any of this matters. It's just what a wild ride it's been over seven years. No kidding. And it, and it's still going on. Now, you've got Trump and Ron DeSantis, who is his biggest threat to being the candidate for the Republican Party. They're going back and forth. And Trump is saying, or at least Trump's people is saying, hey, Ron, where are you on this? Yeah. Because he should be doing what? Uh, I... I don't know. There, there, there hasn't from the people who are like paid surrogates for the Trump campaign. There hasn't been one coherent argument. Like he should put out a statement, and then it's actually escalated to where <clears throat> I guess uh, uh, DeSantis should refuse to extradite Trump or something. And I'm like, well, I don't know what the legal authority would be. Are you? I, I, again, none of it makes sense to me. Like, what exactly is, is DeSantis going to do? And, and right. so because he hasn't really done anything, uh, apparently that means that he's in on the indictment um, and part of some establishment and blah, blah, blah. I mean, it, a lot of it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Okay. Um, but anyway, yeah, he was asked about it today, and he did. He said, look, this is a Soros DA, and, yeah, they're more worried about uh, – political hit jobs than they are actually serving the people that they're supposed to be serving. And he went well, on from that. that the truth. 
Yeah. Uh, I have no interest in getting involved in some type of manufactured circus by some Soros DA. Okay. He's trying to do a political spectacle. He's trying to virtue signal for his base. Uh, I've got real issues I got to deal with here in the state of Florida. We're obviously shutting down uh, CBDC, which is important. We've got so many things pending in front of the legislature. Uh, I've got to spend my time on issues that actually matter to people. Uh, I can't spend my time uh, worrying about uh, things, things of that nature. So, so we're not going to be involved in it in any way. Um, I'm fighting for Floridians, and I'm fighting back against Biden. That's what I do every single day. Handled that well. Yeah. <clears throat> I still think, well, at least I won't be surprised if Trump's numbers go up nationally. Well, probably, yeah. After all this is over. That's the way it usually rolls. Well, you know, the thing is, he positions himself all the time as the underdog. Yeah. You know, and, and that works. Well, and when he positions himself as they're out to get me, yeah, that's true. Again, the, well, they are. One way or another. And people They've been out to get him forever. If you can convince enough people that yeah. they're out to get you, well, people don't like that. Meanwhile... Dave, you got a story out of Georgia. Yeah. And this is, it sounds like someone just admitting that you can't trust poor people to raise kids. That, that's that's oh, the Democratic again. Party line, apparently, now. <laughs> so the state of Georgia, like a lot of other states, uh, particularly those with Republican governors and legislatures, are looking at uh, school choice for parents. Vouchers for private schools going directly to people so they can decide where their kids get an education. Yes. Which, you know, I mean, you've got Texas, Florida, Arizona, Oklahoma. I mean, uh, the list goes on. I mean, this is a huge moment thanks to the pandemic and never-ending school closures and whatnot. There is a huge opportunity here for this win uh, when it comes to school choice. Well, uh, there are millions of people in the inner city in America that are all for this. Yeah. They want school choice. So Democrats are firmly against this, and here's why, according to Democrat Georgia Representative Lydia Glaze. Lydia, take it over. A lot of those parents did not finish high school and cannot direct their, could not finish their own education. I am extremely concerned that we would put money in their hands and that, and that entire piece of life in the hands of parents who are not qualified to make those decisions. Holy, Holy Wow! Yeah, man. Uh, a lot of you people didn't even finish high school. We can't the just give them money. <laughs> I mean, come on. Gosh, dang. Well, you're not just talking about a, a check here. You're not just talking about cash being handed to people. It's like, hey, if you want to put your kid in this school, we're going to help with tuition assistance here. <laughs> but that does sound like the Democratic yeah. line. We you bring know. social workers into homes and parents to help them deal with how to raise their children. It's not that they don't want to help. They don't want. They don't know quite what to do. They're there dumb. Go. There you go. They're too dumb to do it. They didn't finish high school. How dare they? How dare they want to have their kids have a better education opportunity than they had? They don't but thank know goodness anything. they got record players and stuff around. Make sure you have the record player on at night. The, the, the phone. Make sure the kids hear words. Words. Hey. I really think there is some nimbyism going on, too, here, because a lot of these people, I don't know about this particular representative, but a lot of the Democrats who are definitely pitted against the idea of school choice, they went to private schools, they sent their kids to private schools. Yeah, yeah. And I yeah. wonder how much of it is, well, we don't want the poors in there. Come right. on. I mean, it's yeah. elitism is what it is. Absolutely. They aren't smart enough to choose education for their kids. Yeah, let's face it, huh? 
Golly, what a statement. Just said it. A lot of them haven't graduated. What do they know? You give the choice to them, they're going to ruin their kids. You know, we talk about examples of racism all the time, but holy smokes, man. Think about what school districts across the country have done for poor kids and how many success stories. <laughs> right. Man, that's something. That's, that's awesome. Can't read or write, but they got a high school diploma. Okay. The CNN crew got robbed again? Yeah. What? Where? Yeah. In San Francisco. Oh, yeah. Yeah. CNN reporter was in San Francisco to report on the crime problem. They got robbed. Kyung Laws, the reporter, she posted a photo of the rental car with the back window smashed out. And she writes, uh, got robbed again. We were at City Hall in San Francisco to do an interview for CNN. We had security to watch our rental car and crew car. Thieves did this in under four seconds. Security stopped the jerks from stealing other bags. But seriously, this is ridiculous. It's our third day here, and I've loved my time here. But if you do visit this city, know that even with hired security watching your car, it isn't enough. (laughs) Hired security. Well, what a debacle. Holy smokes, man. Yeah. Well, did, did you see the former San Francisco police commissioner? He was also a candidate for district attorney. John Hamasaki is his name. He says, hey, yeah, you know, this is really no big deal. Is, is this what the suburbs do to you? Shelter you from basic city life experiences so that when they happen, you are broken to the core? I've had my window broken twice when I was living paycheck to paycheck. It sucked financially, but it had zero impact on my sense of public safety. Again, not to say it doesn't suck, but maybe city life just isn't for you. It's not the suburbs. There is crime. Like, yeah, think, that's why people are moving the out of cities. Yeah, those a, who can, yeah. Like, yeah you I, bonehead. I, I think most people understand that, yes, in a dense urban population, there is going to be more crime. Most people who live in a dense urban population understand that and accept that, yeah, there may be the occasional uh, issue uh, in a parking lot or, or something. Like my car might get broken into or whatever. But what's right. happening in San Francisco and so many other leftist-run cities is way outside of that norm. Oh, it, of course. It's not. It's. I mean, when you have people who put up signs in their cars saying, nothing valuable inside, please just don't break my window. <laughs> when you have multiple stories of news crews getting robbed while reporting on robberies, that's not yes. normal. That's not a part of city life. Thinking of working under Van Camp when he was a news director. Hey, who's going out San Francisco today? Not me. I'm not doing it. <laughs> no, fire me. I've had it. Where's the intern? No kidding. Did you hear the Federal Reserve officials are testing a central bank digital currency? Holy smoke. What does this mean? We'll get to that much more coming up. Right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Holy smokes, man. Saw this headline. Federal Reserve officials are testing a central bank digital currency. This is from Daily Wire. No. Well, it talks about Justin Trudeau, Canadian Prime Minister. Yeah. One of Van Camp's favorites. Invoking yeah. the emergency powers last year to freeze the personal and corporate bank accounts. Of anybody involved with the Freedom Convoy demonstrations? Yeah. Not communist at all. 
Holy smokes. Mm -hmm. And then remember when PayPal announced that executives would withdraw funds from customer accounts should they promote racism or misinformation? Very Castro. Living up to his DNA. And then later said, ah, that was published by mistake. They walked it back. People hate it. Um, But it talks about in the story, these violations of individual liberties have colored the emerging debate over central bank digital currencies known as CBDCs. Electronic forms of money that are backed by the full faith and credit of a national government and managed by a central bank. That they can seize at any time for any reason. Yep. Yes. They also know every transaction you make. So you got countries like China, Australia, Japan, India, Russia, South Korea. They're exploring the CBDCs. They've already been established in the Bahamas, Nigeria, Jamaica. But despite, it says in the story, the radical shift that the adoption of CBDC in the United States would render to the financial system, you got nearly three-quarters of the population is unfamiliar with the technology. They don't even know what it is. And as I'm reading this story and going along, as different people are saying, well, hey, what was it? Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell said his mind is open to CBDC and added that he was legitimately undecided on whether the benefits outweigh the cost. Just not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've conducted a simulation with City, Citibank, MasterCard, other companies to determine feasibility of payments between financial institutions using this technology, right? But also said the Federal Reserve would, quote, want very broad support in society and in Congress before adopting CBDC. And what rang in my head was, well, we wouldn't mandate any vaccine. We've never done that. (laughs) Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, we've heard that before. I mean, that's a situation when this thing starts rolling out, withdraw your money now. Yes, Get your I totally cash. agree. The proponents say, you know, this technology, though, it could increase access to the financial system. <laughs> MIT has said that. The University of Virginia, they did a whole article for the World Economic Forum. Really? Yeah. Well, others can send, well, you know, a CBDC based upon the dollar, would ensure, you know, its continued position, the dollar, as the global reserve currency. Mm-hmm. And see, that would be a good thing in the United States. People are like, don't buy into any of this no. stuff. Your freedoms are going away. We've already had tons of freedoms taken. This is not good at all. Yeah, that, that was a little spooky, that they're actually testing it mm-hmm. to see where it goes. And it was ringing in my head, Van Camp saying, Crisis Garden, uh, guns and ammo, get right with Jesus. Yep. It's on, baby. <laughs> this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Okay, biggest story of the day, David. Uh, biggest story of the day, I guess, is that, what, tomorrow, supposedly, Trump is going to be indicted? I mean, that's what Trump had suggested. Or so what he had leaked. heard. Yeah. yeah. So... I don't know. We'll we'll see what ultimately happens. I mean, we're seeing video of barricades going up outside the Manhattan DA's office and things like in the courthouse and so we'll we'll see what what happens with all of that. The interesting hey, oh, I'm in trouble. The interesting thing to me is that even though nothing <laughs> is concrete, there's so many people flipping out and I mean just pointing fingers in all directions and it's just kind of like well, let's wait and see what happens actually. 
Well, Maxine Waters is saying Trump is summoning domestic terrorists. Right. <laughs> we'll get to that and much more coming up right here. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, Gen Xer. David Van Camp, the Millennial, the Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins. Okay, Maxine is back. Yeah. It's been a minute. Yeah, Democrat Representative Maxine Waters says Donald Trump is summoning terrorists by calling for people to protest his possible arrest, which he thinks is going to happen, I guess, tomorrow or sometime this week as the DA there, uh, Alvin Bragg, is uh, pursuing criminal charges for the Stormy Daniels payout in 2016. And isn't it the House Intel Committee? They want to talk to Breck. Yeah, they do. Yeah, Jim Jordan is saying, uh, no, we need to talk to uh, we need to talk to Alvin Bragg because this is obviously, I mean, just way out of bounds. Give it yes. a rest, people. This is, pol- this is politics that you're playing with the law. Yes, totally agree. But Maxine is saying, yeah, oh, Trump is summoning terrorists right now. Yeah. Oh, no. The charges uh, that he's been indicted on are minimal as opposed to the charges that I believe he could have been indicted on. I don't know well, what's going to happen. When he announces himself, it's almost like he's attempting to organize his domestic terrorists uh, uh, to show up and to resist him being arrested. We have to be careful about mm-hmm. him making that announcement. He's doing it for a reason. <laughs> it's really rich coming from Maxine Waters. It is. That's stunning coming from a person who called for this. Yeah, who literally said if someone's at the gas station or the grocery store or a restaurant and they work for the Trump administration, you got to make a crowd. Get in their face. I have it if you want. Oh, sure. Of course I do. Okay. If you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create. Uh-huh. Who's inciting riots? I, gee, I don't know. <laughs> Maxine, she's a beauty. She certainly is. God dang. One of my favorite clips. <laughs> you know, they think this stuff just evaporates in the ether. It's never to be heard again. Well, I suppose that legacy media is never going to bring that back. Yeah. Golly. Remember, she originally said she wanted to impeach Trump, yeah. and then she said, I never said that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, we have the receipts. Again, you caught on tape. Yes, you know we absolutely have that. It's gone on and on and on. Yes, and then when Trump called her low IQ, Trump was a racist. Right. Yeah. Blah blah blah. No, it just goes on and on and on. Okay, other news out there, and I think we're going to see a lot more of this. You got the story of a teen. That is suing doctors, yeah. David. Well, another potentially major lawsuit is underway against a medical provider who gave a 13-year-old girl a double mastectomy in the name of radical gender ideology. Uh, the young lady's name is Layla Jane. She started on puberty blockers at 12 and underwent a sex change at 13. She's 18 now. 
and has decided she's a girl again. Uh, she's saying that the healthcare provider and doctors working for Kaiser Permanente were all over the map with her initial diagnosis. At first, doctors were recommending, well, we don't do anything too rash. Wait until you're 16. Um, but then another team of doctors came back and said, no, we should do it now. Get ahead of puberty and all that. Uh, oh, Layla boy. was on Fox News to talk about it. And you're right. You're, we are going to hear more and more of this. I think so. Overall, I really want to say that I don't think I should have been allowed to change my sex before I could legally consent to have sex. I was given no information about rates of desistance or anything like that. All right, let's stop there for a second. Yeah. That's incredible and sad. It is and sad. freaking crazy. It's very sad. It's obvious from that information they took advantage of this girl. Why would you do that? I mean, it's one of two things, I guess. Because you want to make money and you have no soul. Yeah. Or because of your own twisted beliefs, you want someone to sort of rubber stamp it and say, oh, yeah, I'm not the only one. Mm -hmm. The more the kids do this, I'll feel normal about myself. Yeah. That's all I can figure, man. I think it might be a combination of both. Because there is a ton of money involved in this. Yeah. A ton. And... Again, if you can, you can point to other thirteen-year-olds. Well, we did this thirteen-year-old. We did that third. Not if they're happy with it later. It had nothing to do with it. The fact is, you're not alone. You're thirteen, but you're not alone. I mean, other people have been here, and we've done it. I know this sounds like a broken record. And at least, David, if you have the answer from the left on this, mm -hmm. uh, give it to me. As much BS as it is, just to know. Why is this the only dysphoria that's treated this way? Do oh. you need to affirm it? No, well, that's easy. The answer from the left is always, well, why do you want kids to kill themselves? Right. Of course, that's no it. one does. <laughs> but that's false math. Of course That's not true. But they just throw it out there and no one questions it or puts stats out there. Golly. All right. Go on with the clip. Really, the surgery and the treatments were kind of pushed as the only way. Between the age I was at and the headspace I was in, I don't feel like I should have been in a place to make those kind of decisions. And I think proper um, information and all the side effects, it really was glossed over for my parents. Well, it, you know, it may have been, but you had two parents who made that decision. Who affirmed that decision? Well, according to uh, the letter that has been written uh, in notification for the lawsuit, the doctors told the parents, and this, is, this happens all the time, would you rather have an alive trans son or a dead daughter? That was said to the parents. That's said to parents all the time. And it, you got you got to... I mean, I, I have some compassion for some of the parents who are just kind of caught flat-footed because they don't really know anything about <clears throat> what's going on out there. What they do know is that they've got an incredibly distressed child. Uh, they've got a, a kid who may be having suicidal thoughts. Maybe there was a suicide attempt. And now you've got a doctor, an actual doctor, telling them that if they don't do this, your kid's going to follow through on the suicide or suicidal thoughts. That's this is why it's important, I think, to reach parents as quickly as possible about the nut jobs out there who are pushing this all the time and always get a second or third opinion on anything. 
that is oh, being absolutely. pushed. That's this radical. Um, but I and so to me, I think parents are also victimized by by genuinely bad people. Jeez. Yes. Well, there's something else too, man. And we've heard you know the stories of different dads where maybe mom and dad split up, and then the mom is all a part of helping this kid transition. Yeah. The dad's rights are stripped; he can't do anything. Mm-hmm. And then, if the mom and dad are still together, I mean, there are a lot of people I know. They don't follow news that close to know how deep this is ingrained in the culture right now. And all of a sudden, you're caught flat-footed, and you're getting all this information. And the big takeaway that you have is, well, gosh, I don't want my kid to kill themselves. Holy smokes. You're right, David. I think there's some compassion there for sure. At the same time, you got to know what's going on and... Something you brought up last week, Scott. How many of these kids are the children of woke women? Lots of them. Especially woke white women. It's big. Well, you don't hear about this coming from the poor and minorities. Yeah, who was it that had the quote? It was, was uh, something to do with. We talked about it last week, but it was just you got real issues going on. Yeah, <laughs> and, and this is this is, yeah, they're not. I don't hear about this in that community. I just remember but why too. would it just be? A, why would it just affect you know white upper middle class people, kids? Yeah, when sixty minutes did a pretty honest report about it, and they got blasted by the left because that told us all right then the game was on. Yeah, I mean, but it's true. <laughs> Wow. Okay. You know what? Switching gears, but this was a piece I saw at Fox, and it was just titled Republicans versus Government Wokeness. Here's what it will take to root out this dangerous ideology. And I tell you, it is going to take a long time because a whole lot of federal agencies have already prepared for a diversity, equity, and inclusion regime. Talking about the number of Republican elected officials vocally criticizing programs and policies that advance wokeness or left-wing, you know, racial ideology, Mm -hmm. the federal state level. And it says it's a positive development, a sign that more Republican policymakers have recognized the significant threat posed to the prevalence of ideologies like critical race theory in society's key institutions. And more and more all the time, and starting in kindergarten, from what's being taught, that you're either an oppressor or you're one that's oppressed, and it's just about dividing people. And that's the start. Because people on the left, they want to divide the country. There's no doubt about it. But to try to get at this ideology, you have to just start dismantling everything that's a part of it. You know, as Biden is saying, you know, racial equity is at the center of federal agency policymaking. Would it help that the message gets out? This has nothing to do with Martin Luther King Jr. when he talked about content of character. It is all about skin color. And you just had the stat last week. People don't want quotas. No. Was that 90% of Americans? Yes. Mm -hmm. When you take all races together, 90% don't want quotas. Republicans need to use that to remind people of that and explain what is going on. So it's interesting when you have, you know, mostly whites and Asians 
that are being ousted in so many different areas because it's not a part of, well, inclusion or diversity or equity. Well, that's insane. You know, and I understand we've talked a lot about, you know, the whole white privilege theory. But the Asian American thing is also really difficult to understand. I mean, none of it makes sense, but that is really something to me. You're just too smart. You're taking up too many places in Harvard. We need equity. Sorry about you, Asian Americans. Just lay off the math a little. Spend a little bit more time on TikTok or something. <laughs> need a few ugly people in Miss America. That's too many good-looking people. Yeah. Just well, I'm, I'm I'm telling you, man, I'm prepping something stunning and brave in the name of equity. I am going to enter the Miss America pageant. And yep. if those judges don't vote for me, they are yep. transphobic. They are bigots, and they don't care about equity. I like it. I'm, I'm a fan. I'm going to vote for Darlene Van Camp. I am, <laughs> I'm not even going to bother changing my name. Yeah, my name's David Van Camp. I still got a beard. Yeah. I'm going to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna what are you going to do about it? I'm going right. to rock the swimsuit competition. It's going to be awesome. They're like, hey, we got rid of the swimsuit competition. Well, I'm. But what am I going to do with this banana hammock? Come on. <laughs> That'll be my talent portion. <laughs> got a sponsorship uh, on it <laughs> <laughs> on a lighter note you know how different publications have a, like a good news section here's yeah. something from the good news section and i just want your thoughts it's what two sentences long okay you ready yeah good news for anyone seeing a march madness game in person this month a new study found going to a live sporting event can boost a fan's mental health as much as landing a new job fantastic as much as landing a new job, yes, I don't. I don't believe that. Unless you're a fan of Purdue, right? <laughs> I don't think that's a good brain booster, right there. Still a lot of quivering lips there, aren't they? <laughs> sobbing in the stands. Man, Are you kidding me? Yes. That wasn't any fun. Yes. For any of those top seeds that got knocked off over the weekend, yeah. I don't know if that is a boost to mental health or not. Not quite sure. All right. Oh, David with a story about a guy shooting an attempted robber. This is a good one. Straight ahead. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. You love these stories, David. I love them, too. Well, of I don't course, want to see man. anybody die. Well, I, I, I like seeing bad people get their comeuppance quicker rather than later. Uh, we guy, love justice. Yeah, it's a guy who tried to rob another dude at gunpoint outside of a liquor store in Michigan, was shot in the chest by a concealed carry permit holder and eventually arrested. The guy's going to make it, uh, but he is going to be facing some serious charges. Uh, police uh, in Detroit say they responded to a call of gunshots last month, found a victim with his hands raised over his head who had told him, hey, I got a concealed pistol license and I just had to defend myself, which is what you're supposed to do. Let the cops handle it. Yeah. Show them your hands, all that stuff. Uh, the victim told police that a man with a ski mask and a Detroit Lions jacket had followed them and his friend or him and his friend into a liquor store, then back outside before pulling a gun on him. The suspect then... Uh, or the concealed carry holder then, uh, pulled out a gun as he was being patted down by the suspect and shot him in the chest from like a couple feet away. Mm. Boom, boom. 
Uh, he was found on the ground nearby uh, by police suffering from a gunshot wound. Uh, and now he is, uh, well, he's, he's uh, facing prison charges for attempted robbery. Yeah. Wow. Just throwing yeah. off by sometimes, man. My brain goes to all these different places when you're talking about Detroit. Because mm-hmm. my daughter recently went to the Monster Jam in Detroit with her boyfriend and their family. She had no interest ever, you know, living at our house and going to Monster Jam. Mm-hmm. And then uh, as she was telling me about it, what a great time they ended up having. I was reminded of this crazy thing that happened at a Monster Jam in the late 90s that Robbins and I were a part of when you would have been, what, in middle school, David? Mm -hmm. Good night. (laughs) Because they had us do a tug-of-war over this big mud soup area. And we got different listeners involved. And anyway, we ended up winning. I was against you. Yeah. So you guys went into the mud pile. And then in my celebration... You and one of your other buddies had grabbed me and then put me in there. So we, you know, you're full of mud. I go in, they said in the visitor's locker room we could shower because you're full of mud. Well, Mm -hmm. you guys brought a change of clothes and some towels and you just wiped off Uh, the sink. We knew we were going into mud, yeah. So, but I was the only one to use the shower. Yeah. And I'm showering and, you know, my face is to the wall and I turn around, there's a woman standing there. And I'm like... And then I recognized her. I knew her from my hometown. She's a few years younger than me. And I'm talking to her like, hey, it's been a while. How's your dad doing? And then I'm realizing I'm naked. I'm like, hey, could you give me a minute? And I turn back around. I'm freaked out. I turn around again. She's back there again. And I asked you, what did you do? You let her in. I'm sorry. That's where you were. I told her you were in the locker room. I didn't know you were in you the shower. You just let her in there? It, was it she a monster jam or not? enough. Got to write a book sometime. Yeah, identified as a man. This is... Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, I saw the headline that you printed up, David, and I just shake my head. Yeah. Rachel Maddow yeah. says Trump's call to protest is racially tinged. Yes, of course. I, I'm surprised it actually took all the way to Saturday night for people to start calling it racist, but you know, I guess they're just off their A game right now. Donald Trump says he's hearing that he'll be indicted tomorrow by the Manhattan DA, and he's calling for people to protest this situation, and that is racist. According to MSNBC's Rachel Maddow, he is trying to bring intimidation and pressure to bear against the prosecutors who are considering right now whether to indict him. But if he's asking for a militant, racially racially tinged, violent response from his followers, that's something that won't be good for him. What's what's racially tinged about? I mean, if you want to look at some of the truth social stuff and say he's coming across as rather unhinged, I'm I'm with you on that. I don't know what what is racist on that. There's something on the left. That's just one of your first yeah, go tos. That's the go to. It's like a tick, <laughs> right? You know, I don't know how else to explain it, but you need help for it. Well, it's racist, transphobic. 
homophobic. It's whatever. I mean, you can't parody that, can you? <laughs> what was she doing? How do you parody that? It's racist. I mean, is the budget dropped? Is she doing her show on the phone now? Well, apparently. Well, they brought her in. Uh, she couldn't get to a studio in time for uh, her hit on, on MSNBC. Um, and so, yeah, she had to call in. Wow. They needed that expert opinion I was just gonna say, on what is happening right. come hell or high water. I guess she is. Is she still the star of that network? Yeah, even she though is. she doesn't work all week, she's not. Yeah, she's not even really on the air, hardly at all anymore. But yeah, she is probably the biggest star that they have. And so, of course, you got to talk to Rachel Maddow, who's going to tell you that it's racist for him to call for protests against this obvious witch hunt that's going on. Wow. Okay. I mentioned it earlier. But uh, it's worth mentioning it again. Elon Musk tweeted it out over the weekend that if Trump's indicted, said if this happens, Trump will be reelected in a landslide victory. Of course, what he means by that is this is going to make him more popular, which some people think is why this is happening to begin with. Because in the end, the Democrats fear Ron DeSantis much more than Trump. Because Trump could win the primary. We know that. But could he win the general? Mm -hmm. And a lot of people believe that Trump could not, but DeSantis would. Mm -hmm. And that's the whole play. I mean, his whole campaign was based on him against the power, the power structure. Yeah. That he was the outsider guy coming in to knock down the power structure. This just adds fuel to that fire. They're coming after me again. You know? I mean, I could see that. They absolutely are, yes. No, that's absolutely true. But I could see that as being something that garners support rather than... Here's something else that Donald Trump just posted. This is just kind of breaking news here. Uh, So Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, came out and basically said, well, I don't want to be part of any of the clown show, talking about the Manhattan DA, Alvin Bragg. Yeah. Saying, listen, I I don't... Yeah, he's, he's corrupt. All these Soros prosecutors are corrupt. That's why I fired one of them. Yes. Because they can't be trusted. Uh, and but, obviously this is about politics more than anything else. Yeah, but then he, he made a crack uh, about, uh, well, you know, I don't know what the details of the case are. I don't know what exactly goes into paying off a porn star or whatever, says something like that. Well, that got under Donald Trump's skin. Uh, so he has posted now, Ron DeSanctimonious, we're back to that instead of DeSanctus, Ron DeSanctimonious will probably find out about false accusations and fake stories sometime in the future, as he gets older, wiser, and better known, when he's unfairly and illegally attacked by a woman, even a classmate that are underage, or possibly a man. I'm sure he will want to fight these misfits just like I do. Got it. Well, they've been, yeah, they've been trotting out the whole, uh, what, that, that when he was a high school teacher... Yeah, he went to a party where there was alcohol being served with students, young or uh, underage students, and that was that was something that the Democrat machine actually was putting out there when he was running for governor the first time around against Andrew Gillum. So right. they're lifting left wing smears to go after Ron DeSantis, and I just I don't understand what do you what I, take the politics of it out for a minute. I know that's really hard. Okay, but take the politics Sorry. of it. Of it completely out. I just don't understand what their what Donald Trump or Don Jr. or any of the paid surrogates for the campaign. I don't know what they expect the governor of Florida to actually do about it. 
you know, could, if you're asking, like, strategically, was it good to sort of make a joke about paying off a porn star? I don't know. I mean, that's, that's in the eye of the beholder. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what what you want the you you want the state of Florida to have a showdown with law enforcement from New York and thereby making him a fugitive so then he can't leave the state of Florida? <laughs> I it doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know what they're trying to do. I think it's just to make DeSantis look bad yeah. however they can, basically. Because honestly, that's been the game plan against everybody that he's gone up against. And usually it works. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a piece in Town Hall written by Scott Moorfield um, that was talking about this, you know, this whole situation and DeSantis and Trump. And, you know, he put it this way. In the end, he doesn't think Trump can win the general. But he laid it out like this, and I think most people would agree with this. He said, you can say what you want about Trump. You'd probably be right. Did he get robbed in 2020? Yes. Does he deserve a second term to make up for that? Seems fair. Are Trump's policy positions, especially on trade, immigration, and foreign policy, the best course for America? Absolutely. Can he do the job effectively? If he learns from his mistakes, especially on hiring decisions, there's no doubt. Yes. Was his record mostly good? He writes, until March 2020, two thumbs up. If he is arrested this week on bogus nonsense, would it be nothing more than a political winch hunt? Obviously, yes. As he said before, if he could wave a magic wand, he would have Trump as president right now in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. But when you get into this next election, he is convinced that he can't win. And it has nothing to do with national polling. It has to do with the Electoral College and what states that you would have to win. And we can do this later on. I don't know. We got other stuff we got to get to. But he lays out the states that he thinks that's going to be too tough. You're just not going to get it. And DeSantis, when you look at polling... Not so much of who's leading, you know, as far as the Republican primary, but as far as independents and right-leaning Democrats, DeSantis would get their vote over Biden easily. Trump would never get it. That's the point, that these yeah. these toss-up states that you desperately need, DeSantis will win, and Trump, he doesn't think, is ever going to win them. Well, yeah, you look at Pennsylvania, and, I mean, Trump's hand-picked candidate lost to a guy who couldn't speak, literally can't speak. He mentioned that in the piece. Because, I mean, yes. so, yeah. The, there is, you know, something to think about in that, at least as far as my estimation is concerned. Probably not worth a lot, but something. Um, Stanford students. Yeah. What is it with the Stanford students I recently? What's, going on, what's going on now? So last week we talked about this. Students at Stanford Law disrupted a Federalist Society event. A U.S. Circuit Court Judge Kyle Duncan was speaking. And so, you know, you had the DEI lady going up and saying, you've caused harm to our community. <laughs> All yes. this idiocy. She was something, man. Yeah. Um, and so now... Uh, they are demanding, the protesters at this event are demanding that the Washington Free Beacon not disclose who any of these students are. We Do any of these college kids understand what demand means? Yeah. Well, they say that you, the, the Washington Free Beacon, by showing photos of us, they, they, they violated our right to privacy. You identified us. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it's the spirit finger crowd. <laughs> yes. They just drove Robin's nuts because when they applaud, yeah. they can't applaud. It might be too offensive, so they, they snap, snap their, their fingers. our fingers. We demand you stop. <laughs> the leaders of tomorrow, right there, ladies. <laughs> oh my Buddy, gosh, we are Gee, we are in screwed. a lot of trouble here, aren't yeah. we? Yep. <laughs> and that's Stanford. Yeah. Yep. It's well, the craziest part about that story. Yeah, and the Washington Free Beacon put out an editorial on it saying, uh, no, needless to say, that's not how the First Amendment works. No. You're at a public event. You are protesting it. You will be identified. That's how it works. The other thing, as I know you said, they're law students. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can I hear a little more of the snapping of the fingers? Has caused harm. And I know that must be uncomfortable to hear. I know that must be. Let me please finish. And I want. Yes, the snapping of fingers is getting to me. Let me please finish. I love your applause with your. It's no longer jazz hands, it's spirit fingers. Yes. Yes. I can't. can't. I want to do a Rolling Stones tribute band called Spirit Fingers so bad. Take on sticky fingers. Okay. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. Just making sure. Are you saying I had two bad lines in that segment? No, right there? no, two it, of was, them? it was fine. I'm just saying, okay. I don't know how you do brown sugar. <laughs> you you got an answer for that one? <laughs> okay. News update straight ahead right here. Mark Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Woke alert. We got all sorts of woke crap going on. Yeah. Hey, uh, where do you want to start? Well, let's let's start here. Remember, uh, what was that, two, three weeks ago? Scott Adams, the Dilbert guy. Yep. Made a comment on his podcast, and a bunch of lefties started freaking out. Newspapers started dropping Dilbert because what he said was obviously racist. racist. Yes. Because he was saying, hey, based on, based on this Rasmussen Reports poll about uh, black people's distrust of white people and whatnot, his whole point was, well, I guess my advice is to stay the hell away from black people. You know? If you yeah, I think he went on to say, I've tried to help black people my whole life, and maybe I should just be done. Yeah. I want me around, best I just stay away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, of course, there's like, here's a little snippet of him talking about it, and then the controversy snowballs from there. Um, yes, they never do updates when he's talked to other black leaders yeah. and had like a really good long or, conversation about it. They, 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 that doesn't get clicks. Or even got to the part, and I, I really don't care about Scott Adams one way or the other, but I do care about the truth. And, you know, when when part of what he was saying in that initial podcast was literally quoting Don Lemon from CNN. Yes. That that doesn't get talked about at nope. all. No. Because, well, here's a guy who was playing footsie with the Make America Great Again movement, and so therefore uh, we have to take him down. He's a racist. <laughs> yes. But the interesting thing to me is there's an author named Robin D'Angelo. She wrote this book. And she's written a few books, but the, probably the thing that really put her on the map was this book called White Fragility. And I'm not suggesting you go and pay your hard-earned money for it, but, man, if you ever get an opportunity to just, like, rent it from the library or something, 
It is one of the most unintentionally funny books I've ever read. Someone gave it to me because I need to do the work. I, I read it and it was utter garbage. I mean, this lady's an idiot. She's just, okay, so she's this like middle-aged white lady who is apparently like the black people whisperer or something. And school yep. districts around the country pay her thousands of dollars to provide guidance on how to be anti-racist. 15, 20 grand to speak for an hour. Yeah. And so and she is really one of the more racist people out there because she believes that all black people are inherently victims and all white yes. people are inherently oppressors and there's nothing really you can do about it. And it's this circular logic that she uses to try to get people to agree with her where basically she says, well, if you push back against anything, that's just because you're having trouble confronting your own white fragility. Well, it doesn't make and any you're sense. confirming that you are a white supremacist. Yeah. What, what's the name? Uh, John McWhorter and um, I'm blanking on the Glenn Lowry. Yeah, Glenn Lowry. They did a hilarious send up of this book saying not only did it not make sense, it was just bad. It was poorly written. <laughs> yeah. And it is. It's, it's just it is comedy. Um, but anyway, she was doing uh, an interview and boy, it, it sounds like she's in agreement with Scott Adams, the Dilbert guy. Because she says black people just need to not be around white people, okay? Roll it. I'm a big believer in affinity space and affinity work. And I think people of color need to get away from white people <laughs> and and have some community um, with each other. And I'll, I'll let that go and maybe see if anyone else wants to pick it up. I mean, I would think you'd be thrilled with what Scott Adams was saying then. Wow. I've heard her described as the white bull Connor. <laughs> well, <laughs> or the woke bull counter in this Connor, case. I was going to yeah. say. So affinity spaces. So just be with other black people only. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we have Gosh. the chess club, this community, and then just that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, and sometimes that happens naturally already. People go off into different spaces. This I'm I'm a fan of affinity spaces. What is that? You're pro segregation. Okay. I mean, she's got to desperately hang on to this gig. The time's oh, got to yeah. be running out on this, right? Yeah, I I, I read uh, someone had commented on this video, and I can't remember for the life of me who it was. Now maybe it was Chris Rufo. It said like you know this group of far left academics. Mm-hmm. have been desperately looking for someone who can be a reliable spokesman for what they do. And they've settled on Ibram X. Kendi and Robin D'Angelo, who, if you actually read their material critically, not just you know being one of the seal clappers, but you mm-hmm. actually read their work, they're, they're idiots. They're not very bright. They're terrible writers. And there's a reason why they never actually seek out conversations with people who disagree with them. Oh, dude, they won't go on with John McCorder or Glenn Lowry. No. No, that's not going to happen. Do you remember? It was, yeah, it was Lowry. He finally, they were doing a podcast, the two of those guys, incredibly smart guys, and he finally just said, I mean, he was like, F this, when it came to Kendi. Like, he couldn't, what was it, he couldn't carry my book bag, something, as far as intelligence. (laughs) It was awesome. Now i got to find that clip. Um, I'm still stuck on infinity spaces. 
It sounds like another Avengers movie, doesn't it? Or a DIY show. Is something like that? Yeah. <laughs> well, there's other woke crap going on. Yes. As well. And we got, what, Kareem Jean-Pierre that we haven't gotten to yet? This is going to be fun. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robin show. But biggest story of the day, is it still Trump? I, I guess, yeah. We're just kind of in a holding pattern, waiting to see whether or not he is actually going to be charged with a crime. He seems to think that he will be. Um related to the payout to Stormy Daniels. So we're back to that. It's just, it's so tiresome. It's all so stupid. Yes, that's why I got to have fun with it, man. Yeah. Hey, oh, I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> it works every time. That's great. It's not going to go anywhere. Everybody already knows it. Mm-hmm. It's like the theater that just never ends. Okay. Holy mackerel. I know. It's crazy. All right. We got another uh, news update to get to. And Scott, you ready for your big three of the day? Yeah, let's go. Oh, yeah. The Monday trifecta straight ahead right here. Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Well, I, I know that there are a lot of things popping right now. You got a former president who apparently is going to be charged with some crime in Manhattan, in Donald Trump. Uh, you've got that going on. You've got banks failing. People worried about it. You got Russia out there. You got China out there. They're buddies. You got inflation going on. Yep. People don't have any money. But no. the White House cares about you. You know what they did? They're, they brought the cast of Ted Lasso to the White House mm-hmm. to give, uh, I guess, a press briefing on mental health awareness. Cool. Correct. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was a little chaotic at the beginning because uh, that report, there's, there's a reporter from, uh, forget the news outlet, it's like African News or African National News or something like that. Um and he has been a thorn in the side of White oh, yeah. House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre because Karine Jean-Pierre never takes questions from him. And Well, he got booted. Yeah. Yeah. Person of color. I thought that was against the law in that administration. So this guy's like, hey, it's kind of BS. Like, we, I want to ask you questions about this. And you got yeah. the cast of Ted Lasso up here, <laughs> this show on Apple Plus or whatever. Yeah. Like, that it, that it kind of seems ridiculous, and she got very miffed as he was lecturing oh. her a little bit. Refer me. No, 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 no. That's not. We're not doing this. We're not doing this. We're not doing this. We're not doing this. You've been discriminating against me and discriminating against some people in the briefing room. And I'm saying that this is the U.S. This is not China. This is not Russia. Let her start. this is not Russia. This is not China. And you have another reporter saying, "Oh, let her start." Oh <laughs> yeah, trying to trying to put a black man in his place. Are we now? That's mm. what it sounds like, man. That's very racist. Except he's not really black because he has legitimate questions and maybe conservative <laughs> thought. 
So he is a white supremacist. He just happens to have black skin. Yeah. That's so, the way the left mm, figures it. Dude, so he goes on a little bit, and then Kareem Jean-Pierre. Okay. What you are doing, you are making a monkey of the first amendment. It's been seven months. You've not called on me. You've not called on message. I'm saying that does not right. Does not right. Fun times. Welcome, guys. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome to the press briefing room. Okay. This is not right. Are we ready? Are we going to behave? Ooh. While many folks... Oh. Hmm. Sorry. <laughs> Are you going to behave? Are you going to behave? And then hmm. one of the other reporters says, sorry, <laughs> apologizes for somebody asking. I mean, my goodness. And again, they're there, the cast of Ted Lasso, <clears throat> to talk about mental health. Yeah. Is that the mental health... Of the president or just mental health in general? Mental health in general. Mental health workers. What was that, Joe? Mental health workers. Right. G means something. Yes. True international pressure. That's a good one. I just wonder if they're talking about in general or if it was actually Joe Biden they were talking about. I don't know. No one. Not done. Not. The history books will note it. I don't understand Natana. I went to the history book. I could not find anything on Natana. I looked. You're a lying dog face pony. No, show. I'm not. I really did look. I did. Couldn't find it. Okay. All men and women oh. created by go. You know the you know the thing. That's you not how that. it goes. That's yeah. not how that goes either. So uh, one other thing, real quick, before the trifecta, did you see Amazon is going to let thousands more go? Yeah, nine thousand. Nine thousand. Yeah. They just let 18,000 go at the beginning of the year. Mm, downsizing. Wow, man. Well, and you've heard, you know, Texas uh, sector is struggling. Mm-hmm. And you've got consumer confidence, all those things. But, you know, don't forget that uh, the Biden plan is working. <laughs> We're getting results. Right. We created nearly 10,000 million jobs. End of quote. Repeat the line. Life-changing economics gains. We created all these See? jobs, and, and prices have have gone up, but they've come down for energy. They have? No. That's always a head-scratcher. No. They keep saying that, lowering energy prices. <laughs> I Where? I don't know. How? What? You ready for your trifecta? Yep, let's, let's go. Let's do this. It's time. Are you ready? One, One two, three. Look at my it's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Every day at this time, Scott Robbins trifecta. His top three of the day, always helped by his hero. Hi, it's me, Casey. You have a good weekend, bud? Casey Kasem. Yes. That's good. Didn't see you out. Just wondered. Yes. Okay. I'm ready. Okay. Right. Three. Uh, unlike Casey Kasem, I'm not ready. I did not do my homework, Scott, so you're flying solo with, with Casey today. Well, the uh, NCAA basketball tournament is well underway now. Yes. <laughs> you were watching that this weekend, though. You didn't, yeah. I know. I invited you over. You didn't come, so that's all right. Thanks to watch alone. Uh, the number nine seed Florida Atlantic Owls are in the Sweet 16. I could have seen myself rooting for them, except... One thing that has caught the attention of most of the sports world today is the lack of sportsmanship. Yeah. Attempted dunk attempt by one of their guards, Elijah Martin, a star on the team. He decided to do this despite the fact that no one was guarding him and there were seconds left in the game and they were going to win by eight points. 
Well, they were playing defense against him. It's just, no. okay, let the let clock go, run out. The we're game's dead. over. We're dead, right? The game's over. Yeah. Easily just dribble that out, right? Yep. But he went in for a windmill dump dunk attempt. He wanted to posterize the thing. It hit the back of the iron and bounced out. But a large amount of booze rang out then from the crowd. And the players uh, from the other squad did not shake his hand. Fairly Dickinson. They not shook that, everyone else's hand, but not his. He didn't even show up for the post game presser. Didn't show up for the press game post game presser. So, any hopes these guys had of like uh, you know embracing an underdog, I think went by the wayside there. I hate to see that. Yeah, I mean, am I just again? Am I just old school on this? Or I mean, you don't do that, right? No, you got an eight point lead. You got seconds to go. What are you doing, man? No, I think that was universal. I don't think that's like old man get off my lawn. Well, I'll just let the kids have fun in their games. Yeah. Everybody thought it was pretty classless. I mean, that's what people hate about that, right? They, yes. That, that part of the game is so... The, the, if the kid goes out and says, you yeah. know what, man, I was excited. I wanted, I tried yeah. this dunk. I'm really sorry. I didn't want that to reflect on my team, blah, blah, blah. I mean, you could chalk that up to, hey, young guy, everybody makes mistakes, that sort of thing. I haven't heard that he's done that yet. But And if he was a guy who only got in for the last few seconds of the game, hadn't played all year... You know, they empty the benches sometimes, so you get at least get your name in the scorebook. Yeah, you I remember were, that from sophomore year. You Why you bring it up? In NCAA game. <laughs> yeah, me and my buddy, we had a year-long competition. Who was going to score the most points? The coach would always be like, you know, the last five minutes, you're up 20. You guys run the offense. No way. I get it. I'm chucking, baby. We got a competition out here. Right. There's like there's like ten regular uniforms, and then there's the old ones. You gotta wear one of the old ones. It wasn't that bad, jerk. We're getting closer and closer to number one. Sky Robbins trifect the top three of the day up to number two. Uh yeah. Speaking of old dudes, congratulations are in store for ninety two year old Rupert Murdoch. He's decided, by gosh, this fifth marriage is gonna work. He's going to get married again. I saw that. For number five this go-around. And uh, by the way, she's, what, 67? Younger gal. Robin the Cradle. She's a widower. Widow, I guess, yeah. in this case. Widow. Uh, but Rupert said, well, you never quit trying. You just you just keep trying. Yeah. And, and I'm deeply in love, and he's 92. How many pages of the prenuptial? That's what I want to know. <laughs> He's 92, man. At what right. point do you go, you know what? It's not for me. Keep trying. Just get back on that horse. I have another question before you go on. Yeah. Okay. There's always a tipping point. Yes. 92 and 67 seems reasonable. That first glance to me. Does it to you? Uh, I guess. David? I, I Yeah, to me, I think it's once you're over... I, I don't know where the sliding scale always is, but certainly once you're over 60, it's kind of like that whole age difference thing does not matter to me. Okay, so so 92 and 60 is fine, but you go yeah. to 55 and then it's like, whoa, hey. I can guarantee you this. If the role was reversed and it was a 92-year-old woman, ain't no 67-year-old guy nosing around that unless there's a billion dollars involved. I know one guy. Who married a 92-year-old woman? That could possibly, without money involved. And I'm she looking must... at him right now. And that's David Van Camp. Well, yeah. He, he has a thing for the older ladies. It... This has been established. Well, he didn't marry one. <laughs> no, I didn't. I mean, I... Nobody said that one would ruin his life. Mm-hmm. He would let one ruin his life. Well, He did say that. Well, she'd have to be pretty spry, wouldn't she? 
I don't know. Well, it just it depends on the circumstances, you know. Yes. I'm just saying, you know. Yeah. Now, on with the countdown. David Van Camp at 67. Mary's an 82-year-old. I hope I live long enough to see that. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. Let's do the math on that. Oh, that yeah. would mean you'd be over 100. Well over 100. Yeah, that yeah. ain't happening. No, Sorry. it's not. Okay. One. Up to number one. Uh, this is in response to Donald Trump. Chris Rock was in D.C. There was a, a big event last night. And part of his uh, bit was talking about Trump getting arrested. He said, are you guys going to arrest Trump? Do you know only it's only going to make you more popular? It's like arresting Tupac. <laughs> <laughs> He's just going to sell, sell more records. Are you stupid? Then he went off on the circumstances of Trump's potential indictment, which arose from his relationship with an adult film star. He said, Trump blanking a porn star and paid off someone so his wife couldn't find out. That's romantic. So you've been cheated on. Don't you wish that the person that cheated on you paid you off so somebody wouldn't find out? I would. Yeah. <laughs> and there you have and there it. You have it. That was Robert a good way to wrap effective. it up today. Yeah. Yes. Every day at this time. <laughs> Leave it to Chris Rock. <laughs> well done, Scott. All right. News update and Nimrods in the news straight ahead right here. Markley Van Camp and Robert Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Sorry. <laughs> I'm laughing at two different stories here. One is, uh, so there's the rumor that Trump is going to be charged probably with some sort of misdemeanor coming up uh, this week related to the uh, payout to Stormy Daniels during the 2016. So obviously this is malicious. This is stupid. Yes. Hey, oh, I'm in trouble. Yeah, no, I mean, not I, really. I don't know, but there are a lot of people out there, and, and some of whom I respect, I like their work, who are just making arguments that don't make any sense. Such as? I mean, like Matt Walsh with the Daily Wire. I like Matt Walsh. I do, too. Comes out and say? says, uh, DeSantis, Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, should vow to not extradite Trump and promise to fight this malicious prosecution. It's the right thing to do, and it benefits him politically to be in a position where Trump is relying on him for help. A win-win across the board. Unforced error here. There's not going to be any extradition. I, it, I, I don't understand, like, what, what is it that you think the governor of Florida can or can't do? Are you talking about, like, the, the Florida National Guard to Mar-a-Lago for a misdemeanor? Really? Some people, I think, were calling for that. I, yeah, and that's, that's insane. Everybody knows it's a witch hunt. Of he's, course it is. He turns around and he's right back out. And everybody knows it's not going to stick. I'm trying to understand the thought. I, I don't know. There just seem to be a lot of people panicking over nothing. I mean, like, the biggest threat to me, at least, as I watch this, because, yes, of course, it's a witch hunt. Alvin Bragg is, yes. is a loon who really doesn't care about people getting murdered in his jurisdiction, Don't really doesn't really care about prosecuting felonies at all for people who should never be outside of prison. And he's going after Donald Trump for some political points. The biggest thing I'd be worried about is that some nut is going to do something saying that he's trying to help Trump. 
I don't even I'm wanna... trying to figure it out, man, because Walsh for months has said he prefers DeSantis over Trump, yeah. and it's mm-hmm. not close. And and brings up several different arguments as to why. Yeah, I mean, it, to me, it's. I think there are a lot of people who misunderstand what the situation is just from a from a basic black and white level. You know what what is it that is going to or isn't going to happen, and I what authority would the governor of Florida have? They're acting like the the governor of Florida could prevent him from leaving the state of Florida. Well, that triggers a showdown with U.S. Marshals who would be involved in that. And then what? So the whole thing is that Florida becomes the only state that Trump can be in for a, during a presidential campaign, making a, make him a fugitive? That makes no sense. <laughs> It's very curious. Well, I have an update on something, and it's not Iraq. This has to do with Afghanistan, because I know a lot of people are talking about the 20-year anniversary of the start of the Iraq War. Mm -hmm. Golly, it's been that long, huh? Yep. Wow. Um, But this update is in Afghanistan. And you remember the term that was being used a lot near the end of last year, quiet quitting? People go to work, and they're not quitting. They're just not, you know not really doing the job because they don't care bored for whatever reason where does the taliban uh quiet quitting because the jihadists are not having fun with their new lives in government offices (laughs) we've heard that part before but i hadn't heard it linked to quiet quitting with the taliban they're just not doing it because they want to be back out in the field it's the first time jihadists and fun have been connected in the same sense yeah there, there are a lot of guys from rural afghanistan who are now suddenly in kabul and they're working a nine to five basically and they're like this sucks this is no good we want out and with that, we go to Nimrod's. <laughs> when the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrod's in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrod's in the news. Go to the state of Maine woman there, Megan Levin, arrested after she made several calls to police making fake claims about a Walmart. She first called to report an explosive device at the store. Then she called again to report a man with a gun at the same Walmart. But both were hoaxes. Police responded, but Megan was easily tracked down because she made both calls from her own cell phone. In an Uber. On speakerphone. (laughs) The Uber driver heard it all and alerted the police as soon as he dropped her off. Police say the woman made the calls because her boyfriend was about to be arrested at the Dick's Sporting Goods across the street, and she was trying to distract him. Now they're both in jail. That's what you get. Oh, and then there was a dude in the UK broke into a property through a dog flap and stole a Mini Cooper and a pink adult toy. In the Mini Cooper? Separately. Still looking for him. And that's Nimrod's in the news.